Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today we're talking about what's the best roofing sales compensation plan with Dallas Werner of First American Roofing. How you doing, Dallas? I'm doing good, Tim. Thanks for having me. And uh, Dallas is actually a client of Hook Agencies. We're not going to talk too much about that today, but we're talking about this this idea of like, what do you what do you pay these guys? So I think people have probably gone through a few different compensation plans um, before that are listening to this, but some of the common ones from, as I understand it, 10, 50, 50 split is one, 10% of total collected. And then, um, you know, you're, you have kind of an alternative that we're going to talk about today, but uh, is there a reason that you wouldn't just pay a simple percentage on the total contract, Dallas? Most definitely. Uh, I've tried it before and I don't think it works very successfully. Um, paying a percentage off of the top um, doesn't create an environment where your sales reps are going to be looking very closely at what's needed to produce that job. I've had reps where they missed it by nine square. Oh, sorry, my bad, but it doesn't affect their pocket. It affects my pocket. And so paying off the top uh, at least in the roofing industry and for my company, I found not to be successful. And like you said, I have an alternative method that uh, some people might, might not be familiar with. So can you, before we go into that one, the 10, 50, 50 split, as you understand it, what is that? Um, so as I understand, it, it seems like it's more from an insurance restoration contractor side of things. Um, we do a lot of retail work, um, but also storm restoration if it's in our backyard. We only do about a 60 mile radius out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Typically, it is um, 50% of the profits after 10% overhead is taken out. Mm, okay. um, but usually that is geared towards um, usually a 1099 employee and then also um, they're wearing a lot of hats, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And then we got 10% of total collected. That one's a little bit more obvious what it is. Um, and then talk to us a little bit about your method that you've kind of developed. Uh, so we pay, um, our sales reps are all employees. Um, uh, we compensate them not only financially, but also we provide uh, vehicle, computer, um, different benefits package. They actually have a place to work, an office, a desk, everything. Um, we provide 100% of the leads. Um, thanks to you guys, it's always been more than uh, our reps can handle, but it's, it's a great problem to have. Um, but we pay a percentage of um, the profits based on the margin that they sell it at. So... If you sell a job um, at a 50% margin, after we take out overhead, you get 50% of that profit after the overhead's taken out, like the 10, 50, 50. But if you sell it at a 40% margin, after the overhead is taken out, you get 40% of that profit. Um, mm. It And and we, we have certain parameters too, to where, you know, we don't want people selling stuff at a, a 70% margin to, you know, um, price gouge people, right? Um, but, um, you know, you sell it at a 60% margin, you know, certain jobs, right? They're difficult. They take a lot of time. You want a higher margin to make it worth your time. Um, we, we cap it at a 50%. So you sell it at a 60% margin. Um, after that overhead's taken out, you get up to 50% of the profits. Why do you do this way? Why have you found that this is better than some of those other methods? 
Um, well, we charge you. Let me back up. So I've tried to do the, the percentage off the top. It just doesn't seem to work. Guys aren't focusing on what's needed of the job, right? We're missing if it's two layers or not. And again, it's not just storm restoration work. So you can supplement on the back end. A lot of our stuff, we're pricing it up front. This is our price. We like to have a very clear, concise estimate for the customers. And if we screw something up and we could have seen it ahead of time, a lot of times it's not a change order to the homeowner. That's on us. So we make sure we're doing, and that's what's led a lot to our uh, reputation and our repeat customers, because uh, how thorough we are. But um, when you pay based on the profitability of the job, you find sales reps um, that are going to pay more attention to how the job actually gets produced. Um, so it's successful. If it comes back great, we share in that profit. If it comes back not so great, you know, uh, everybody's taking a little bit of a hit. We learn from it. And then the next time we can make it more successful. Mm, I like it. We were talking about this before uh, the podcast here, but the, the kind of the option, the method of like, you're kind of either a consultant or you're just a salesperson and, and kind of that idea of like a consultant could see the job from beginning to end. That's if you don't have all these project managers and other people, quality controls, the company kind of comes to your aid and does the other stuff because sell, sales is kind of interesting and hard. And you kind of want those people that are doing sales um, to be able to do it more often, right? If they're very good at it. So, you know, does does this compensation plan account for that? Basically, the compensation plan that you shared, it accounts that they don't, it, it's a pretty good deal, it sounds like. It seems like it's a pretty good deal for the, the salesperson. Um, but but that idea that they don't have to do all that project management stuff, is that that's a big piece of why you do that? Yeah, stick to what you're good at, right? If you're you're a sales rep, stay at selling, We'll give you leads, go out there and educate the homeowner on why we're their best value, um, why we're their contractor, right? Um, and do that and put some thought into it, right? Um, we wanna know what needs to be done to produce the job, but then put a work order together and hand it off to production when it's done. Um, we do a follow-up and on retail jobs, the sales rep will go back and do a walk around with the homeowner. Um, so we charge a little bit more overhead to be able to do that, but there's a lot less um, stress, moving parts, different hats that you have to wear as a sales rep. Go out there and sell, do what you like doing, which is meeting with homeowners, selling the job, you know, small piece that you put a work order together. Um, the 10-50-50 split, which is very common in the industry, um, a lot of times that's because you're doing all those extra things, right? You're coordinating with subs or you're running and picking up material returns like are you kidding me you're a sales rep and you're picking up material returns you should be selling jobs right now right so we have superintendents for that that run around and pick up materials or help uh, crews if they're short on stuff um you know use your suppliers well um you know and then we have a project manager that calls a homeowner schedules all this stuff you get rain delays they move everything around um, sales reps should be in the field selling, um, not being a project manager, in my opinion. So we talked about this before we recorded as well, but how does that protect the contractor? I mean, partly from, you know, 
What does it protect them from? I guess I'm leading. Well, so I've never understood it, but why would you go as a business owner and teach a sales rep how to run a company? Hey, come on in here. I'll pay you money and I'll pay you as a 1099. So you don't have a ton of loyalty because you're not actually an employee. You're just a subcontractor. And I'll show you how to do everything that I've learned in the last 15 years. Here's my contacts. Here's my suppliers. Here's my subs. Here's how we do all of this, that, and the other thing. And before you know it, after two years, they're like, you know what, Dallas? I can do this. It's pretty easy. Thanks for teaching me everything. Now I'm second American roofing, right? They branch off and <laughs> you see that nationally, right? There's over 5,000 contractors on the front range of, um, over in Colorado. And I think a lot of it is because of that. Guys figure out, okay, well, if I'm the project manager, I'm coordinating all this stuff and I'm selling the job. What's the point of the parent company to do the marketing for me when I'm. Yeah. Right. 5,000 roofing companies total. And you know, a lot of those are one guy, but it's crazy. And it, it they sprouted up probably because of this exact thing. Like you don't like it does. It does create this environment that's very easy to just like, let's go. Let's. Well, I think, I think the lead component is a big factor, right? If you're yeah. a storm restoration contractor, you're being paid 10, 50, 50 split. You go out there and um, eat what you kill. You know, you have to get your own leads. Um, it's different. I think you should be paid more when you don't have any leads being handed to you. But we literally get leads in here. They call us. We hand them to our sales reps on a silver platter. They're all qualified. They go out there and a lot of them are um, referral based. They're past customers. They are internet based. Thanks to you guys and all the awesome work that you do. Um, those are our, our three lead uh, generating sources and they're pretty qualified before they get out there. Mm. And it makes people's lives better. Like it makes the people in your team's lives better. Like, no offense. I did go out and knock some doors recently. I don't think it ever gets fun. I mean, <laughs> I'll be real. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I couldn't learn to love it if I had to do it every day, but it's got to burn you out. I see it. Like, I don't see people sit there forever. They either go yeah. teach it to somebody else or they like move on right. from that. There's guys I mean, that are really good at it, right? Yeah, I'm sure if you're good at it, it's more fun. And I wasn't, so yeah. But I, it's a different breed, right? Um, yeah. I like to be invited when I go over to a homeowner's house. Yep. You know, exactly. I want them to know I'm coming, and um, I think it is it is more enjoyable that way. That being said, if you do learn that skill and you do get good at it, it like it does carry into everything else you'll ever do in business. So it's probably a good. It's a good, great skill. I don't want to like, right. be negative to people out there that are, are crushing it with that method. Oh, for sure. Um, hey, and actually some of my best reps have come. Um, they don't have to do it anymore, right? But they come from a background. Uh, you know, one guy was a, a pest control sales rep and that's how he learned was door to door selling pest control. Like you can do that. You can gain the confidence of homeowners. You can, you know, meet different types of personalities and people and still sell them how much easier is it when they invite you over? Exactly. And is there any other variables to what like you think of as a fair payout? We talked about lead source. If they're feeding you a bunch of leads, that changes what's fair. Talked about if they have project managers doing a lot of the kind of back end work for you, that's 
um, that changes what's fair. Is there any other kind of things that you think change the line of what's fair in different scenarios? Um, I think the support, right? That's a big part of it. Um, yeah. When we had a massive storm here um, in Holman, in 2020, we hired on a couple additional admin, um, office administrators just to, to take all the lead information, set up all the appointments. A lot of times we do that instead of taking the phone, hey, a rep will call you. We set up the appointment. We got a calendar made out for the most part, and then we block off certain areas so it's not just constant appointments, right? But I think that's a big part of it too, is just assisting and aiding the sales rep. Um, vehicles, you know, we, we like having company logoed vehicles. And so we provide that when our reps, um, after a certain benchmark, a certain milestone um, that they've hit in the company, we give them uh, private use or, you know, personal use of that vehicle and pay for the, the fuel and all the maintenance repairs as well. I think those all definitely contribute. Um, so just for the fun of it, I mean, we're talking to roofers here. Give us the story of what happened, both the, the good and the bad of this storm, because I think that that's something I feel like this storm stories is an interesting and fun category. I know that it's, I know that there was a lot of stress related to that storm too, but give us right. the story of what happened, how that affected your guys' leads <clears throat> and sales and so like what broke too on your processes that you guys had to work through? Ah, uh, loaded question. Uh, I think the funniest thing about this entire story is the pool party part of it, okay? The pool party aspect of this story is in 2017, I had some friends, that's, it was a really hot day out, right? They said, hey, you wanna have a pool party? So we went over to their house and that night, um, Trumpelow, Wisconsin got hit with a hailstorm. Um, fast forward to 2020 and on July 2nd or June 2nd rather of 2020, another warm day, same friends, We're like, let's have a pool party. We went over their house and that same night, Holman got blasted over 8,000, seven or 8,000 homes got hit. So the ongoing joke now is you want a hailstorm, we just go over to Justin and Joanne's and have a <laughs> pool party. We actually yes. stopped having pool parties for like the last two years because we've been so busy, but um, we went, so um, we went from about 1300 incoming leads annually, right? Like requests on an annual basis um, years back, um, probably three years ago to in um, three weeks from June 2nd, we had that many lead requests. Uh, we, had our, we had three phones ringing nonstop. Customers would leave voicemails. Three, four days later, they'd finally get in touch with us and they'd be upset. You didn't return my voicemail. And the reason is we weren't trying, we weren't returning them is because there were nonstop phone calls coming in. We could not pick up a phone to return a voicemail because of how much incoming leads. We're in our backyard. We're in this town. I graduated school in that area. Um, and we're a household, you know, we're a brand name here in La Crosse. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, Man, what we've learned, gee whiz, a ton of ton of stuff. You closed some of those deals, right? You guys closed some of that? <laughs> a lot of them. There, yep. there was revenue in there. So even though there it was, was stressful, there was. Some good um, we learned a lot of things. One of the big things that I would uh, encourage guys is exactimate pricing is, um, is changeable. So um, for us in La Crosse, Wisconsin, doing siding, 
there was no money in it. Um, it seemed like a lot of storm contractors, and again, we do primarily retail, but it's in our backyard. We've learned how to do it in the last 16 years in business. Um, but what we learned is like, we don't want to do siding with it because it, I think it was 387 a square after um, labor, which um, in our market for siding is more expensive than you see nationally. Materials, there's, there's not a lot of meat on the bone. Well, we'll do the, we'll do the siding because there's enough profit in the roofing. How does that make any sense? You're going to do something to make no money so you can make money in something else. So we banded together. We contacted five other local contractors in the market and said, hey, what do you typically get paid to do vinyl siding? And it was five, five fifty, six hundred bucks a square, um, which is fair. It makes you more excited to do the work. Um, and so we asked them, hey, would you mind if Xactimate reached out to you? And so we sent all this contact to Xactimate. They reached out. And believe it or not, after about two months, we got the price changed to 588 from 387 a square foot to 588. And it has not gone back. This is since November of last year. Made a big difference for everybody in the market. I talked to one guy who's like, dude, thanks for the Christmas present. He's like, I had a priceless update from State Farm is $71,000 on this apartment complex. So that's one thing that we learned. Um, but the process, um, man, um, other people are going to go through these storms too. And after a storm, yeah. always, there are big things you learn. Like anytime there's six, like, and I'd call it a success, even though you mm -hmm. probably like saw some things break. Anytime you have success at the point where stuff breaks, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. I'm guessing mm -hmm. you learned some stuff this past couple of years. Uh, knowing your limit would be a big one. You know, you get 1300 yeah. people to call you and we, we had to be selective, um, whether that's fair or not to certain people. Well, we kind of said, hey, we're going to focus on these areas and on this mm -hmm. type of customer. Um, and, you know, naturally it upset other people when we turned them away. But um, when you have that much influx, you can be selective on, on who you work with. Um, having the right people on your bus, you know, is a big one. Having um, uh, everybody that's stronger than the storm is actually this motto that uh, my office manager, Joanne came up with. We're stronger mm -hmm. than the storm because it can, it can wear on people a lot. It is, mm -hmm. um, you go from, you know, your normal pace and then all of a sudden you're going at, you know, 200 miles an hour and, um, having a team mentality and helping everybody out, um, bringing other people on and training them properly so that they can assist everybody that's, you know, already been here. Um, mm -hmm. and we tried a bunch of different things. Um, and man, I, I don't know the biggest thing I'd say having the right people, honestly, um, yeah. uh, people, people make it for sure. One of our core values is fun under pressure. And I've been trying to like, Push on that because you know we have bursts in business here and there too you know like that it's like more than people want but you don't want to hire at every little chunk of, like every you want to feel out the capacity right you want to make sure that you're waiting a second before you just because you don't want if it goes down you don't want to like let somebody go so it's like right. fun under pressure kind of encapsulates that for us and mm -hmm. uh, you kind of want people that are willing to flex a little bit you yeah know? and it keeps everybody sure. Um, keeps people employed, <laughs> right? Really, you know, like, um, but yeah, so okay, so anything else that we want to talk about related to compensation plans? 
Um, Anything else you want? So the, our, the way ours works, a lot of times it's, it's kind of confusing. Um, maybe not on the front end, but we charge a 20% overhead. Uh, to some people like, oh my gosh, that's a lot, right? Um, yeah. But when you have a company with 20 some plus vehicles, uh, your siding guys are employed uh, personnel. Um, you have a office location on a frontage road with 26,000 cars a day. Um, you have a top-notch marketing company out of the cities. You have um, everything is logoed and just top of the notch, your computers, your phones, everything, right? It takes money to do. Um, mm -hmm. And our guys, um, I mean, we got reps that come in that don't have a ton of experience and they're almost hitting six figures in their first year with as long as they got sales experience, we teach the roofing and siding side of things. I got a lot of guys that do very well after their first 12 months with yeah. this compensation plan, right? Um, six plus figures after being here for um, some, I mean, not even 12 months, some of them, right? Um, mm -hmm. over, overhead 20% can, can sound like a lot, right? When you have all of those different things, the vehicles, the logos, um, it sounds like a lot, but let me give you a couple examples of what that actually breaks down to be right based on the margin so um if you're selling a say you're selling a job at a 40 percent margin right um on average after that 20 percent overhead is taken out it's about an eight percent commission um now keep in mind you don't have any expenses um, plus we have a small base too that's uh on top of that you sell a job at a 50% margin, that's about 15% uh, commission. If you sell a job at about a 55% margin, uh, it's close to an 18% commission. So it's relative based on that margin that you sell it at. And like I said, when you do that, um, the right individuals will learn from it. You know, we always have like an after action review. If the margin is so many percentage away from what we thought it was gonna be, We'll dive into it and figure out why and use that going forward. Um, and it, it turns out to be really successful. Oh, I totally missed that. I'm going to figure this out going forward. So, you know, everybody can do better. Um, yeah. And you should be coaching people on these things. Like, I think we all, I think that the market consultants and stuff like that want you to like, yeah, you're not a micromanager. You know, there's a difference between micromanaging and just coaching like rapid fire, give them some feedback. I've, I've gotten yep. better lately about just rapid fire, giving feedback. This is what yep. could be done to make the margin better there. This is what, you know, you are that person, you're a coach, you know, you don't have to be stuck in this mindset of like, I got to get out of this business. It's, I think that's just a lot of guys. They think they got to get out of this business. They got to get out of it. And they're not successful unless they're like way far away and letting everyone do their thing. You're a coach, you know, you're yeah, not just supposed because, to just watch the practice. Just because you don't want to be a micromanager and nobody should yeah. be, doesn't mean you shouldn't be a macro manager, right? You still yeah. need to coach people. You still need to give them some feedback. And that's where those margins are really helpful to know, you know, how successful the, the um, numbers don't lie, right? No matter what it is, you can always look at good data and it can tell a story no matter what it is, close ratios, mm -hmm. net profit, number of leads, the sales reps running, um, you name it, all the numbers are there if you take the time to look at it. And that, that's, that's great. Cause we can end on that. Um, know your numbers.
and knowing your numbers is powerful and it helps you, you know, push into what's working as well on the, you know, on, for us at the marketing side, we believe in people knowing their numbers and tracking well and those types of things. It helps, I think, tell a good story about our, our work as well. So um, really okay. appreciate it. Yes. Real yes, quick. It is the 17th of November, right? Yes, I have a rock star sales rep that's moving back to Montana um, yeah. next week. So we are posting a sales position. If what you've heard here today uh, speaks to you, we are in beautiful across Wisconsin, right on the Mississippi River in between the bluffs, uh, college town, hospital town, awesome place to, um, you know, if you have a family to raise kids. Um, we're posting a position on our website. Um, you guys, I think, have it prepped and ready to turn live here in about a week. Um, we'd love to talk to you if, if you have some sales experience and this is something you're interested in. I will vouch for that. It's a beautiful city. So many cool things um, over there, right along that river. So check it out, y'all. And um, you might be able to go morel hunting with uh, Dallas, which I still haven't gotten to do yet. But uh, on on four wheelers, they go out morel hunting. It's, there's some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you guys aren't in the Midwest, even consider that um, if you're looking for something. But all right. So what's your guys.com? So everyone uh, can uh, first American roofing.com. And if you Google yeah. us in England, actually, if you look for uh, what is it? Uh, there's a couple different ones. Uh, roofing, I think materials. roofing materials. <laughs> yeah. Like in yeah, London, there's a couple like crazy ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. Some of the things you guys rank for it's, it's been a, a treat to watch yeah. some just traffic things move up as well as the leads. It is funny when you get people on our, our uh, messaging, so, you know, we have like podium for yeah. messaging. Yeah. We'll get people all over the country. Hey, I'm doing this. I'm wondering how to do it. And we're like, and they're like out of Florida or something. They're just looking for advice. We're like, ah, it's, we're not quite that place. <laughs> yeah. This Free is, advice. That's how like, people end up being like influencers, Dallas. Uh -oh. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, um, so anyways, the podcast is Hook Better Leads, put on by hookagency.com, hookagency, all of our social. Thank you so much for your time today, Dallas. Thanks, Jim. We'll see you.